What you know about that? Hey. What you know about that? By the three, when I turn, started to turn back. Well, I hold on to work at. What you know about that? I know about those seven rings, though. Load it. Uh-oh. On the low with a G's at. What you know about hey. that? What's good, Pickles? See me here in the city, sitting pretty I with seven to, rings. I, 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 you know, I had to get them seven rings, though. You know, seven rings. Seven motherfucking rings, baby. Brady is Eclipse. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Real Sports Show. I'm your host. We got our host here, Mark, a.k.a. The Vet, and DJ Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live in the, live in the building, y'all. Hey, man, look. You know, tonight's topics, hey, man, it's going to be crazy tonight, man. We got Super Bowl coming up. But for once, I want to give a um, shout-out to Marty Schottenhammer real quickly, though. You know, he just passed away today at 76 years old. So I want to take a brief moment of silence just for him, you know, and his accomplishments throughout his lifetime and what he's done for different teams, okay? All right, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, Marty Schottenheimer was a great uh he was a good head coach. I wouldn't say he he got out as being one of the great one of the greats, but you know, his winning percentages were very high. Except for when he came to Washington, though. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened when he came to Washington. Well, he got two hundred career wins, so he's in the top ten of uh coaches. Well, he's one of yeah. he's one of seven coaches with two hundred 200 regular season wins in NFL history. So, yeah, he's number yeah. he's number seven on that list. Yeah, most definitely is though. You know, but big ups to him, man. He did his thing while he was in the league. Um, <clears throat> my hat goes off to the family. You know, condolences goes off to them. Um, yeah. So, moving to the Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Super Bowl Sunday. What can I say? Didn't I tell you on the last show that we had did? I said, "What if Tom Brady got seven rings? Yeah. How would that feel in America?" You called it. You called it. I called seven. <laughs> Come on now, Skip. I called seven. <laughs> you called it. I... I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. <laughs> you know, that's the case. Hey, look, as they do on Undisputed, that's another case of Duke coming over here. That's about 12 cases of Duke coming over here. So I'm going to just call that over here, you know. About 12 cases I, I, of Duke. I make sure I call <laughs> Wegmans and all that in that order, too. <laughs> well, you know, I need my 12 cases by ASAP, you know. I got you. I, you know, we got to put them on the button. I got you. Before the end of the season. I got you. I got you. So, man, let's get into this real quickly, though. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes was the was the cause of this of to be Kansas City Chiefs losing this season? To be honest, losing the Super Bowl. To be honest, mm-hmm. Patrick did everything in his power to try to help the team win, but where they really were hurting and were affected was the offensive line. That's where it really happened. Um, being down two tackles hurt. They had to put in some, you know, some backups. 
and the Buccaneers defense exploited the offensive line. They never gave Patrick Mahomes didn't have time to throw, and when he did have time to throw, he couldn't connect with his receivers hardly. It's like the defense, just the front seven, just went to town, and Kansas City couldn't get nothing going. All they could do was scrape up field goals. So, you know, shout out to the Buccaneers defense, you know. They, <laughs> they, they, showed, they showed up and showed out. And, of course, they didn't forget. So, that was a that was a, a game that they needed, and they took they took that they took over that game. Defense won Tampa Bay the championship because they always say defense wins championships. So that's who won them the championships. It was the defense. That is true, though. Um, so the quote, you know, the the, the the say something about this game. You know, they always gonna put the pressure on somebody. They got to say somebody caused the game, or the pressure was on the quarterback too much. Or something along the lines that I would say that was it all on Patrick Mahomes? No, not necessarily. I agree with you on that one. It wasn't all on Patrick Mahomes, but I believe that in some situations where Patrick Mahomes, you know, could have came up inside the stepped inside the pocket a little bit though mm-hmm. and threw the ball downfield, where he didn't always have to scramble out and run out of the, the pocket. Because his linemen were blocking somewhat of a, they had somewhat of a protection on him, but they already kind of knew where he was going with the ball. They already kind of knew that if a homeboy got out of the out of the pocket, he was going either right or left. Mm-hmm. He's not stepping into the pocket that much, and I think that's going forward. He needs to learn how to step into the pocket a little bit more, grasp a little bit more time while he's in the pocket, or take off running if you can. If you got the ability to take off running and get you more downs to keep the drive going a little bit more instead of just scrambling out um, going right or left in the pocket, I think they could have saved a lot of drives. But like you said, this Tampa Bay defense, they remember that Patrick Mahomes is deadly on the run. He's deadly on the run and he's a de- and he's a and he's laser targeted when he's on the run. He can throw the ball on the run. He can make make phenomenal throws when he's getting sacked. So if this boy can make phenomenal throws when he's getting sacked or get the ball out of his hands very, very quickly on the run, you got to shut him down somehow, some way, and you got to make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And I do believe that's what Tampa Bay did in in the Super Bowl this year. Now, I agree. But also, too, to be mm -hmm. honest, it's like, the Chiefs didn't show no type of fight. I I don't get it because no. this wasn't the Chiefs we've seen that went fourteen and two on the season. This is this wasn't the same Chiefs team that we saw battle Tampa Bay in Week Twelve and won by three points. What happened? Now, it's like what happened to that team? Well, I can tell you like this: Kansas City, like you said, battling injuries. Even Patrick Holmes was kind of hurt in this injury, too, as well. He got turf toe. <clears throat> he had turf toe in this game. Then also, too, is you're, you're battling with two left tackle. You're battling with two linemen down in this game. So your linemen are not up front that you're normally working with. They threw some people in there that, you know, whatever the case is. But the one thing that could have gave them the advantage in this game, and, I, and they say this all the time frame, your punter, is deadly 
because he can ping it back further on the field. Their punter froze in the game. He was a rookie punter, and he froze underneath the limelights. If you remember in the game, they were calling the game like he was just like he was frozen. He missed the punt. He dropped the punt. You know, all his punts were going 20 yards deep in the game. So you put him right there in great field position to do either score or get three or, or at least get three points off the, off the table. Or unless mm-hmm. you shut him down, unless you were shutting down Tampa Bay. Now, um, as far as Kansas City is concerned, there was a drive that Kansas City was moving the ball upfield on. It was going to be a 99-yard drive. Nobody's ever scored a 99-yard drive on a 99-yard drive in the Super Bowl history. Kansas City had a chance to break that 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 uh, that record right then and there to score on a 99-yard drive. Tyreek Hill was ineffective in this game. He was mm-hmm. trying his best. He was maneuvering out there. He was doing some things that I know Tyreek Hill could do. There was a lot of drop passes. There was a lot of containment. They played cover two all game long. All game long, that's what Tampa Bay played. Cover mm-hmm. two, contain. Hey, we know about that Tampa two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Tampa two ain't nothing to be playing with. Tampa two was especially contained offense. I mean, de- um, defense is nothing to be played with. And that's what they played all game long. Two safeties high and covering the deep passes downfield. And you got your linebackers coming in for the blitzes. Mm-hmm. And as you've seen all game long, and if you saw the highlights of the game, you know, and even if y'all watched the game, you can see that Tampa Bay's uh, line, their safeties were playing deep just for the threat. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about so, that. Sorry about that, everybody. We had a little connection problem. But like I said, they were playing deep for the safety threat. Of, I mean, they was playing deep for the threat of Tyreek Hill going downfield. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is that, you know, they came in this game prepared for the long ball. They came in here prepared to go downfield and stop any pass going upfield. Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. I don't know where Travis Kelsey came into play at. I don't know where Travis Kelsey was even effective in this game of even breaking free because he was too busy blocking for Patrick Mahomes throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So... And then on their defense, then the Kansas City defense, where were they at? Matt, I mean, they didn't show uh, up. The honey, ba- the honey badger. For Christ's sake, where is the honey badger at? He almost had a, he had an interception, almost that got overturned. Then the penalties, they're holding on penalties this whole game. It was penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty in this entire game. So I believe that their mental mistakes and their mental breakdowns is what really caused this game. But if y'all want to put the pressure on somebody, you know, if you want to put the whole team. Exactly. And then where was your run game? Where was the run game? To be honest, out of everybody, Travis Kelsey actually did produce some numbers. But it couldn't be just him. They need it was it's a team effort. But at the end of the day, like I said, Tampa Bay was the better team that night, and they won the Super Bowl. That's what it is. All you can do now is offseason, regroup. Mm-hmm. You have to do as far as offseason-wise, 
cut who you need to cut, bring in who you need to bring in, draft who you need to draft, sign them. That's that's the next thing. But right now, the main important thing now it is that is off season is if you need to have surgery, go ahead and get it. You know, time to rest and recuperate. That's the best thing right now to do. So, do you think while we're on the Super Bowl topic, do you think Tom Brady is going to go ahead and relax after he got seven, or do you think he's going to go back try to go no. back for eight? I, I think, think he's going to he's going to come back again and play because you got to think about it. He only has one more year left on the contract. He only signed a two year contract. Of course. So, but that this one year season was optional, coming up. Right? The, no, it was a guaranteed two year. It was a two year contract. Okay. Okay. So this season coming up is his last season on the contract. So, I I guess he'll take that and try to see if he can win number eight. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like this, man. And then also, too, is, you know, they played in their own backyard. So, yeah. everybody was like, and I had a home full of Pretty much. And then I was thinking about this, too, man. What, if they raised that banner up there, and you know how the banner gets raised for when you win a championship. If they had raised mm-hmm. that banner down there in – Tampa Bay that night, somebody said it was rigged. It was going to be rigged. The Super Bowl was rigged if they had raised that banner up in, in, in Tampa Bay that night. Do you believe that? I mean, to be honest, I believe it's rigged, but like I said, we don't know because we're not in the NFL. We ain't in production. We're not no front office people. So <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but I mean – to me, it's rare because a hometown team went to the Super Bowl that was in their home stadium and they won it. Mm-hmm. When, when, when have you ever seen that? You know, I have. It's the first time, like we talked about in the last show, man. It's the first time for everything. This is the first time a home team went down to the Super Bowl in their hometown. Um, this is the first time for every little thing. So key pieces were in effect for them to win. If they if they really came out there and played like they did on Super Bowl Sunday, which they did, and they came out there to win, the the objective was to just win the Super Bowl for Tom Brady, and for Tom Brady to get seven rings on Super Bowl night was spectacular. You couldn't beat that, but you can't beat that man, and you know. It, it it's a lot of things that you just gotta look into. But we're gonna jump off this Super Bowl topic for a minute, everybody. Um we're gonna switch over to just something else about football about the NFL. So I'm reading two headlines that just came up here right now. And the one headline that I'm reading right now is that Russell Wilson says, I am frustrated with getting hit too much. How do you feel about that, D? I mean, I can see why. Because if you look out through the duration of the season, Russell Wilson was getting tagged real good. He was getting tagged real good this year. He was he was, he was getting hit like how Cam Newton was getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> so he I has every. He so honestly, he has every right to be frustrated with it, and that's basically telling ownership in Seattle, like, look, you need to get me some linemen. Pretty much. If I'm going, if I'm your franchise quarterback, I need to be protected. Correct. Correct. But here's my thing about that, though. 
Russ, you're 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 a scrambling quarterback. You're a small quarterback. But you see, really are. But, but also, but hold on now. But also, too, is he's a small quarterback and he's a short quarterback, and he can get out of the pocket if need be and get the ball either downfield or run out of the pocket to get yardage if the pocket breaks down too quickly for him. He can maneuver out of that pocket. It is no way in hell that my starting quarterback that I trust is not being able to move out of the pocket effectively if I'm paying you all this money to get it to not get hit. Right. So if I'm paying Russell Wilson all this money not to get hit, then that damn it, I expect you to maneuver out of the pocket and do something okay. else. I get that. And he does that. But at the same time, too, it gets to a point where maybe they have contained on him and he can't get out. He still needs to be protected. So that's like a but what but why do you think they pay offensive linemen? To block. They, Exactly, but if he can so step up you, in that pocket, if you're a, he does, he does, he does the same thing. He can do all that, but at the same time, like I said, when they have contained that he can't get out of the pocket, yeah. they still have to block. Well, this is so true. That's why you when what I believe is is this: if you're if you see the blockers are not blocking up front, or if you see something like that as the head coach. If my quarterback is getting tagged too much, then I need to start running the ball a little bit effectively to open up the passing lanes. Just like every head coach would think about going forward. You can't you can't sit up there and tell me that you don't have scheme running plays or that Carson in the backfield can't run the ball effectively down, I mean, upfield a little bit though, because we have seen him do it before. We have seen this young man in their running back, that young man as their running back, be effective in the run game, even whether it was in the playoff time frame or it was regular season time frame, this man has been effective in the run game a lot. Not so much of, not so much as every game. I'm not going to give you every game. Some games they shut him down, though. But in the same aspect of Brett, though, is that he can still run that ball effectively. Right or wrong. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you this quote. Okay. From him when they, you know, when they did the interview or whatever. This is what he said. He said, I think that the reality is that I've definitely I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times, so we got to get better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it says, this is his last quote. He put, I've got to find ways to get better, too. Right. So he he acknowledges that okay, I need to find other ways to keep myself protected as well, and the offensive line need to find ways to keep me protected. So he covered two birds. He covered two birds right there. Yeah, he did. He covered both things. So at the end of the day, but like we said, offensive linemen get paid good money. Yeah, they do. Of course they do. So at the end of the day, they need to block, and he's getting paid good money from the last contract he signed. So, like I said, he said he got to find ways to get better too, and I will, and I believe he will do that. I believe that. But, I believe that he will get better as being a pocket quarterback. No, not a pocket quarterback, but a scrambling quarterback in this league. And and you know what else? What's up? I believe from what I from what I read, he said they also said that he expressed his desire to be more involved with the team's personnel decisions. 
And you know what? Some quarterbacks do. Some quarterbacks want that. Oh, we already know. You that. know, we, Tom Brady. Tom Brady at top of the list. We know. <laughs> and Deshaun Watson is at the bottom. Is number two on that list. But a lot of quarterbacks have a lot of a lot of some quarterbacks. If they're good enough and they're great enough, or I should say, has a lot of has a like Big Ben has a lot of perspective on who they want to throw the ball to more and who they want on their team more. In like in drafts, some people help out with the uh, the scoreboard. I mean, not the scoreboard, but the um the draft boards sometimes. Draft board. Some people have mm-hmm. personnel's that they want to uh pick up on the team because they have the team captain abilities to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Russ, on the other hand, does have that capability of doing that, but we're gonna have to see if they give him that leeway on his team if they want him involved in more. Of but to be honest, like not that. if they give him, he he deserves it. I mean, come on, man, he won y'all a Super Bowl his second year. He won y'all a Super. So he you don't won think y'all he... a Super Bowl the third year? If you ran the damn ball, that's really be honest. He could have had two. Super no, 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 no. Yeah, we know that that was that was a Pete Carroll mistake, but we ain't here to talk about that. <laughs> hey, look, let's call it like let's call it ace. I mean, let's call it ace. We're gonna call we're gonna call it like we see it. He they should have ran the ball. I agree. Mm-hmm. We all agree. The whole world, all of us Americans and mm-hmm. football fans, all of us know that. Even Marshawn Lynch knows it. Yeah. All you had to do was give him the ball, man. <laughs> give him the ball like he be eating. You got to feed him the ball like he feed himself Skittles. Exactly. He's, he's drinking Pepsi and Skittles every day of the week now. Come on now. Right. Now. <laughs> but I believe Russell deserves to have his input in on personnel decisions. I really believe he deserves to have that. Because he knows, like, at the end of the day, Seattle has weapons on offense. We know. Mm-hmm. But it could be another dynamic that they're missing on offense. Like, you know how Carolina got um, Christian McCaffrey? Correct. And they got uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Exactly. Now, you see, on the offense, they have weapons as far as receivers. Right. And all that. Now, as far as run game, okay, you know, they got some okay running backs. You know, Chris Carson is good. Yeah. But they need a change of pace back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody to come in and change directions like a Chris Thompson type, like I said, Chris Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, like that type. If they could find something like that to add to their offense, oh, that'd be dynamic. Yeah, it would be though. But at the same token, the brother is see, see, I think it's it's not so much a Pete Carroll, because Pete Carroll's a great head coach. Don't get me wrong on that. He is a great head coach. Now you had opportunities to go out there to get a Chris, uh Christian McCaffrey. And I'm saying Christian McCaffrey because he's one of the best um, running back slash uh, receiver in the game today. He's a, he, and no no offense to Chris Thompson because Chris Thompson could do the same damn thing though. But Chris Thompson's problem was he couldn't run the ball like that effectively upfield though a little bit though. But he was better off in screen plays and stuff like that though. He was better in that screenplay type design plays for him, but. In the in the same aspect, though, running the ball, no. Christian McCaffrey is your general round player, but when you had a chance to go get Chris Thompson to be on your team, just to throw the ball to him and say, "Here, pitch the ball to him," and he catches it, gets you a few yards, you missed out on the opportunity because he went to Jacksonville. Uh, I feel you on that. Exactly. So, how much weight did you say that you wanted to go get Chris Thompson? 
how much weight did you want to go get one of these players? Back in the time frame, you didn't want none of these players. You just wait now because of the fact of the matter is that, oh, man, um, I don't have nobody else to throw the ball to. Oh, man, now I don't have a blocker up here. Oh, man, now I don't have all this that stuff that I used to have back in the day when Marshawn Lynch was playing with me. Now I, I got to throw the ball 70 more times down the field. You were in the chase for MVP this year. You were in the chase for MVP this year. How you lost it is because of the fact about it that y'all kept making stupid mistakes on the field. Your games cost you your MVP status this year. But you know what they did, though? What's up? What did they do to cover that up? What did they do? They got rid of Brian Schottenheimer and blamed it on him. Yep. And they fired Brian Schottenheimer. Now, this is what I was looking at. And this is just all the random that popped in my head when I saw that. What's up? I was like, well, shoot. Since Brian Schottenheimer's out there, how about Riverboat Ron get rid of Scott Turner and bring him in? I I take that. <laughs> hey, look, Scott Turner is is not a bad offensive court. Uh, it's not a bad offensive coordinator. He not He's his a- daddy. <laughs> he ain't, go- ain't nobody gonna be his daddy. His daddy is a is a is a terrible two Dude, in itself. Do you realize? Do you realize the offense we're running is basically his dad's offense? You do realize that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I said. He ain't his daddy. I'm sorry. He ain't his but daddy. His daddy wasn't that effective. He was effective in um. He was effective in college, but he he wasn't good in the pros. I'm sorry. Exactly. His daddy wasn't that damn effective. No, Turner wasn't even that damn effective with Washington. But he had a career stint in Washington, though. Dude, it's only one. It's only one coach in Washington franchise history. That Joe Gibbs. We know exactly. Exactly. It, it will never be another one. Well, we don't know but, that just yet. No, maybe. I'm going to put a maybe there because Ron Rivera did take us to playoffs in the first year. So mm-hmm. there is hope. But no, wait, 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 wait. Did he get us to the playoffs for real, for real? Or did he just change the culture around here and we took a losing record that we had and went to the playoffs? Even though this team was still hungry throughout the season, though, did we All take a it. losing record? And All go of to it. the yeah, exactly. All we, of it. We took a losing record. It's the because playoffs. of Riverboat Ron and what he does and how he changes cultures, which is why we had a successful season. Correct. It wasn't successful to the standard we want it to be, but it was successful enough to whereas we made the playoffs and won the division. So I will gladly take that and that gives us something to build on for next season. But that is true. We're going to resume football talk and all that when they start getting to close to when we start seeing OTAs and all that good stuff. That's, That's true, when we're going to get back into football. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Free agency. <laughs> free agency, period. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All right. So we're going to take a brief commercial break right here, everybody. And then we're going to come back here with some little bit of NBA talks. And yeah, everybody. Hey, y'all. It's Tony. I'm here today to tell you about my small business called Financially Tone. Financially Tone provides bookkeeping services to small service-based businesses who are looking to free themselves from the stress and confusion of dealing with the books on their own and who want to devote more time to other things like growing their business, traveling, or spending time with their family. We provide full bookkeeping services, which includes accounts receivable, accounts payable, Payroll. We also provide cleanup services and QuickBooks setup. 
If you're interested, please reach out to us and let us know how we can help. You can reach us on our website at financiallytone.com. You heard it here first on The Realist Sports Show. All right. Thank y'all for, you know, we're back now live. Um, so let's go into some NBA talks real quickly, man. Um, you know, we're going to be concentrating on the NBA now status of going forward in the show with some free agency talks for the NFL going forward. How do you feel about the Wizards this season? What is your impersonation on the Wizards this season? I'm going to sum it up with one phrase. <laughs> I wish this season would hurry up and be over. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that that, that I mean, I, I'm just leaving it. I'm just leaving it there. I'm sorry, Bradley Bill is my is my guy. This year, I believe, will be the year he's going to make the All Star team and all that other good stuff. But no All Star game coming about. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. Still, this yeah. is the. Yeah. This is his season because he's balling out right now, like he was the last season and the season before that, and all of them. Because he gets Correct. no, he gets no type of credit or respect, and I, I really don't like that. Because Bradley Bill is balling like a top NBA player. And he is. He's a he's superstar, getting, and he's getting treated like he's mashed potatoes. <laughs> like I, I personally, I don't like that. Your man averaged last year at thirty over thirty points a game, and he's doing it again this year. Exactly, but okay. So I know we touched on this a little bit in one of our shows, though. Do you think the addition of Russell Westbrook on his team and being the point guard that he's supposed to be, because he's supposed to be the team captain of his team and being a point guard? Hold on now, I got you, I got you, I got you. Hold on, Skip. Hold on, Skip. Hold on, Skip. That's what Russell do. <laughs> now, do you think that? Uh, do you think that John Wall and Russell Westbrook, what do you think about the two talents for this team for being in the Washington Wizards position? Do you think they should have got rid of John or they should have kept John? I'm going to tell or you. you think, or I'm should a, we just go with Westbrook? I'm going to tell you like I told you when we talked about it before earlier. Okay. In the previous show. Okay. I said that at the end of the day, the trade was pretty much the same. Right. You're getting the same type of player. You're getting the same type of player at the same price. No, I ain't going to say at the same price, but you're getting the same type of player. It's just that one can score the ball more than the other. That's it. They're the same. They both shoot the same amount from the from the three-point line. They both shoot the same amount from the foul line. They both mm-hmm. – it's like it, they're, they're basically a carbon copy of each other. It's just right. Westbrook can score better than John Wall. That's it. Now – I've said this to people. It's proven. Look at the triple doubles. It's proven. I've seen that. But I was just about to say that too, though. Now, I've told a lot of people this. Triple doubles don't win. You don't win games. We know that. We know that. It's a a whole team. It's a camaraderie thing. It's a whole – it's a team effort. But when it comes to that aspect, that's where John Wall is better than him at. Correct. Now, John Wall wasn't after the triple doubles and stuff like that, though. The career path to the triple doubles. Now, Russ has averaged some triple-doubles in this season, though. With the record being 6-15 and 15 right now, they're on a one-game win, one win streak as of right now, though. They're number 14th in the East right now, when, in which the East was in the East was supposed to be this terrible – the terrible East. 
that was coming out of here. Everybody thought everybody was going to be trash in the East after LeBron James went West. So the East had nobody competitive in the East. But we sure was wrong about that one. Now, my thing is, is this. I believe that, like you said, you're getting the same caliber player, but you're just getting – and I believe that you're just getting them at the same price, though. The trade swap of it all was the money factor, I believe, too, as well, though. But also you're getting a coach that played with one player for a longer time frame than he played with John Wall. That's number one. He knows him a little bit better than that. That's two. And Russ got to get his act together. If Russ doesn't get his act together and get out on that court and start balling out like he did in OKC and put us and put the uh, Wizards on the map again with Bradley Bill, passing the ball to Bradley Bill and getting all your points in too as well, it's not going to help this team out. It's going to take your center position, which we have some COVID players that came into play. COVID came into play for some of the players on the team. And also, too, to be effective on this court, you're going to have to have a strong big man down up front. And Ruchi Hachimura and and freaking Thomas Bryant, what are y'all doing? Well, Thomas Bryant is hurt. So, I mean, he's the more dominant center that we have. I mean, Robin Lopez is okay, but he's not all that. But I told you, and I told you in the previous in the previous show, in the previous conversation in the show, that what is the addition of Robert Lopez going to do for this team? It's not going to do anything. What honestly, and I'm I'm gonna break this whole. He can just down. get baskets. He can he can get boards a little bit though, no, no, but no, not I'm effectively about, as everybody else can. No, I'm about to break the outline. I'm gonna break it down for you. What should have happened was John Wall should have still been here, and Boogie Cousins should have just came over. I said we said that the same exact way. We both agreed on that. Look at what happened. They're both in Houston playing together. Exactly. They could have been in Washington playing together. That was a plan that could have worked perfect. You had a center that can get you 20 and 10 every night. Yep. And then you got a supporting cast. Like the starting five would have been lights out. They would have been. Like, oh my goodness. All you had to do was build on that bench to build the bench up so that way the bench players can come off the bench and they can score baskets too on the bench. But what happened? You let the same person that studied under Ernie Dumfield yep. make all the decisions and look what he did. You're going to trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, they're the same caliber players, same type of players, simil- similar to each other. It's just Westbrook can score more. That's it. But at the end of the day, only reason, to be honest with you, only reason why Russell Westbrook is even there because Scott Brooks coached him in OKC, and to bring him and bring in more revenue to DC. Exactly, he's a superstar player that you bring in more revenue. But John Wall was bringing in revenue too, as being the underlining superstar for the Washington Wizards no, too, as well. You got to think him about and Bradley it. Bill was a tag you, team. No, you got to think about it. When John Wall first got drafted here in 2010. He mm-hmm. was the face of the franchise. That's why they drafted him number one overall. He was the face of the franchise when he got Correct. here. So at the Correct. end of the day, this was his team. Right. Gilbert showed him the ropes. He learned from Gilbert, and he took mm-hmm. off and became a star. Then you draft right. Bradley Bill out of Florida, which was a help. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got Batman and Robin. It was. Lights out. They were both electric on the floor. 
and this team was winning more games. That they won more games than they're winning now. Even though, like I said, COVID hit, you didn't get a really a good chance to bond together in the offseason because the offseason was kind of short. But in this team's aspect, though, is, is that you got to build it together now. You got to start after this All Star break that we're gonna get from in February, or whatever the case may be. They're gonna get a little break in between action, and they're gonna start right back up though. But you gotta, you gotta get this team back together. They gotta build off these losses that they have on their record now, and build on wins. You gotta make wins out of these losses because these losses is causing us a lot of problems right now. And I can tell you. I can tell you just like this off the off the break. I don't think the Wizards are gonna have a starting chance, uh, fighting chance if they don't um, pull it together now. To be honest, like I said, this season right here, you might as well chop it up because this season is not going anywhere. It's not. They need to, like I said, when the all season hit, reevaluate some things, and they need to get some players here. I wouldn't mind getting Devin Booker here. No, nah, we wouldn't need another point guard. No. I wouldn't. No, I'm not saying no, another no, no, point no, no, guard. No, 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 no. I'm saying like a small forward position. He's not a small forward. He's a point guard. I, no, actually, he's a shooting guard slash point guard in a sense. Well, we don't need that. We got Bradley Bill. <laughs> so well, we don't need, need somebody. That. We need yeah. we need a, a a big man. Right now, I mean, like I said, we got Thomas Brand. That's cool. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we got some hitters on the team. We just need we just like a couple players off. Because you got to think about it. We still got Bertans. Yeah. So we have players. And we have Bertans for the next five years. So we have the talent. It's just we need to get – they just need to gel together. Once they gel together, there's nothing Mm -hmm. they can do. And I'm going to need Rui to really step it up. This is second year. I mean, he's playing better than what he did last year. But I really – once he really grasped it and, like, really gets it, oh, he's going to take off. Rui's going to be unstoppable. You can see what he can do. So right. imagine when he really puts it together and they're actually out there on the court and he's out there dropping double-doubles and all that other stuff or however, mm. or at least contributing 20 points a night. It's going to be unstoppable. Correct. So, like I said, the Wizards have potential, but it's just right now, this season, not it. It's just not it right now. They can turn it around. I mean, they, anybody No, can turn I'm not it saying they can't. They can, but I just don't see it happening right now. Your nine game, game, your nine games under five hundred, nine. Yeah, yes, you, we are. Now you look at the standings. We're four games back. Yep, right now. In yep. our division to take, you know what I'm saying? No, in the whole Southeast Division, we're fifth. Right, in this whole Southeast Division, so we still got a chance to make the playoffs. Regardless, we're still in the playoff hunt. It's just yeah. they got to keep. They got to be consistent. They got to keep winning and be consistent. That's the thing. We're not being consistent. We'll win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Mm-hmm. Or then it'll be lost, lost, win, lost, lost. You know what I'm saying? It got to be more yeah. consistent. We got to be more competitive. I feel like we're not competitive at all. Right. I agree with that. Now, just to switch gears just a little bit, because I see that the Charlotte Hornets are on top. What do you think about, and this is going to be our last topic here of the of the uh, hour on the show, everybody. What do you think about that young man, um, the metal ball? He's better than, he's better than uh, Lonzo. He's better than Lonzo. He's definitely better than Lonzo. 
Mm-hmm. Come on now, he he he's putting up numbers in there, and and to be honest with you, Lavar called it. Lavar said that out of all three of them, out of the, all the brothers, they said Melo is the best. Yeah, they did, and it's and it's showing, it's proven that Melo is the best. It's proven because you know why. Hold up, look at the other, look I... the other night. He dropped uh-huh. thirty four. I told y'all, I told y'all that, you know, Lonzo, Bronzo, and all of them, they were going to do their job. Did I say that? I told you that. Never lost. They never lost. <laughs> never lost a battle. Never lost. I said that, and and I, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank everybody for coaching my boys. I coach my boys up. They run leg, run, they do leg workouts every day. They can run up and down the court. They can throw the ball, and, you know, the, uh, yeah, I just stopped in part of the uh, the Durant Sports Show because I'm the ball ball and I can do that. That's right. Never lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Curry, you ain't you you can't even play me one on one. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you can't beat me. I'm too good. My boys are good because of their daddy. That's right. I did it. I created them boys. Never lost. Mm-mm-mm. But but anyway, Lavar is going out the building for a minute <laughs> as he steps off the plate. Um, like I said though, I think Lamelo is 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 a very good ball player, and you said it. You hit it right on the number. You know, um, Lamelo he's just taking off with the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, and that's Jordan's team. And Jordan picked a good player. Everybody that passed up on him, I mean, everybody didn't really look into him like that that much. They missed out on a good player. Because mm-hmm. his stats right now, he's averaging 14.2 points a game. Yep. Right? 5.9 mm-hmm. rebounds a game, 6.2 yep. assists, 1.4 steals, and 0.3 blocks. That's a yep. game. And he's averaging... 18 minutes a game. Yep. And he's coming out and he's coming out there and he's balling hard. So I want to see where he grows up in his second season. And I want to see the remainder of this season because we're going to be talking a lot about LaMelo Ball coming up here. And his brother ain't doing that bad down in New Orleans, though, but he ain't averaging the same amount of points as his brother is. And I can't wait till they go up against each other again because I'm going to be right there smack dab at that game and watching that game on TV. Uh-huh. Just like everybody else will be. But um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show tonight. Everybody, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Yes. DJ Curry, you know. We really, bringing them home. we really appreciate y'all, you know. Keep listening to us. You know, e- even so, I mean, even we can let y'all pick whatever topics y'all pick and we can debate on those topics. You know, just Hell yeah. put those topics in on the Facebook page and you know, we'd have a show with the topics that you guys pick. We could do a fan interaction show. Hey, you know what? I was just thinking about that, man. A fan appreciation show live on Facebook one day, and we bring the fans back one day on a show like that, man. I miss that fan interaction, though. I do. <laughs> I really do, though. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah. But um, also, everybody, this show has been brought to you by MrRSauces.com. Um, if y'all need some sauce, recipes, and everything else, and usually I say this in the beginning of the show, but this show has been too damn good for that, though. I mean, you know, 
for me to drop it off at the beginning. I'm going to drop this off at the end and make sure y'all hear the show. And, you know, um, yeah, y'all want y'all barbecue sauces, honey mustard sauces, whatever the case may be is, go to MrRSauces.com. Go get your sauces off his recipe. You know, he got some really good top. He got some really good recipes out there that y'all can, you know, go mingle up with, put on your wings and some shit like that, though. But this has been another edition of Riddle Sports Show, y'all. I'm Mark, a.k.a. The Vet, and this is DJ Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And T.I., take us out, baby. Hey. You know how we ball. Working inside the mall, baby, baby, doll. You know about me, doll. Don't talk about me, doll. And if you out me, doll, you better out me, doll. Don't go slightly, bruh. Don't want to fight me, bruh. I pass this right, bruh. You better use the niggas, bruh. DJ Curry.